0: 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 6 after 7. Good morning to you if you're just joining us on a particularly cold Adelaide morning. In fact, the coldest we've had since late June, 22nd, 23rd of June was the last time we had single digits. Uh, well, in fact, 1 one degree was the uh, was the temperature north of the city then and such as the case this morning as well. Parafield got down to just 1. Three degrees, uh, mostly around uh, the rest of the metropolitan area. It is cool. So as we do on these mornings, all points Bolton stay in bed for as long as you possibly can. The Premier has no such luxury, despite joking about it earlier, and he's with us in the studio now. Premier, good morning to you. Good morning, Will. Good morning, David.
1: That's one thing about your job, one of the downsides, I guess. You can't really, uh, you know, spend the first few hours of the day wearing UGG boots, can you, Premier? (laughs) I was going to come in in my Norwood scarf today just to really annoy (laughs) you, but I thought, (laughs) come on. Now, we'll see you in a few weeks in the elimination final. see how it goes for you then. Stefan Canole's just tweeted that it's actually minus 0.6
2: degrees up in the Barossa. But I don't really have much sympathy for him because he's got all those brilliant
0: reds up there. He he gets to be in the Barossa. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Shut up. You're in the Barossa. (laughs) Exactly right. So, are we losing submarine jobs to
2: Western Australia or not? I don't think we will. I think we are the natural home for the Collins class. we built them here. We've been sustaining them. We've got a fantastic workforce. I think it's pretty well known that a few years ago, the sustainment, the long-term sustainment of the Collins class wasn't going well. And in South Australia, we really invested to get this process right. It's not an easy process. It's not a paint job and a, and a lube. It is really a huge amount of very technical work, the full cycle uh, docking. Uh, Western Australia has the mid-cycle docking and the intermediate docking, and that makes sense because, if you like, the um, the submarine uh, base is over in Western Australia, but the full-cycle docking takes two years. Mm. The sub is taken out of the water for two years. We've got incredible expertise uh, in this area, and I think this is
0: the logical place for it to remain. They say we don't have the space, given the, the attack-class submarines, given the future frigates and all the projects going on at Techport. Rubbish. I mean, the reality is
2: uh, we sold Techport to the federal government, true, but we own most of the land around that. Uh, in fact, the, the the taxpayers of South Australia have a huge buffer around Techport. It is a really, really important strategic site for Australia. It's important that we control it, and this is exactly one of the applications for that buffer, is to be able to expand to keep
1: the full cycle docking here in South Australia. Is it harder for us to win these arguments now when you look at the fact that the Defence Minister, Linda Reynolds, and the Defence Industry Minister, Melissa Price, they're both from Western Australia now in the past, when we had um, local fellow, good friend of yours, Christopher Pine, there, um, you could have just picked up the phone. You could just pinged him a text and got a response straight away. Do you do you have the same kind of leverage now? Is it making it tactically harder? Oh, look, there's no doubt that Christopher
2: Pine did a great job, but he always made decisions which were in the best interests of Australia, and that's what I expect will happen with this decision as well. I mean, good on Western Australia for having a go. There's no doubt about it. They would like to see uh, more defence work over there, but this is the natural home of the submarine and the full cycle docking needs to remain in South Australia. We've got a very skilled workforce and the concept that you can essentially just pick that up and move it a couple of thousand kilometres away is just ridiculous. So we'll be certainly in there fighting extraordinarily hard to keep this work in South Australia, notwithstanding the fact that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of new jobs coming our way with the OPVs, which are under construction at the moment, the future frigates and, of course, the future submarines themselves. Twelve submarines to be built here in South Australia. And that's why I was down yesterday talking to young school students at the Lafever High School, my dad's old high school, fantastic uh, school down there and a really, really good program, talking to the kids that if they get a job in this sector, they've got a job for life. I mean, there are decades and decades and decades of work. And this was one of the problems with getting young people and parents to look at defence jobs and apprenticeships in the past. They'd think, oh, the stop-start nature Hmm. of of the defence sector means I could have a job for six or eight years, fantastic job, but then I'd be out of work. Well, that's no longer the case. There are decades of work lined up for South Australians. This is why my very clear message to young people and their parents, because they influence a lot, and their parents, is to say, this is a fantastic career opportunity. Don't
1: let it pass you by. Often these decisions about defence seem to not happen solely at the prime ministerial level, but they do come down to the intervention of the big boss, um, and certainly a comparable um, industry for a long time was was cars, where it was John Howard who, in the end, just stared down the productivity commission and said, "Listen, we're not we're not swallowing this immediate tariff cut. We're going to have a tariff pause." Um, in the past, um, Tony Abbott got heavily involved in the discussion around submarines. Is it something that you have raised with with Scott Morrison on behalf of South Australia Premier? Absolutely
2: many times and let me just say Scott Morrison is a massive fan of South Australia. He sees that we have a great ambition with the new government to get this state moving in the right direction and defence and space and cyber are real areas of focus on top of our traditional sectors of agriculture and mining and construction and tourism and international students. So we've really got some really nice new sectors to be looking at, and defence, space and cyber are massive for our future. Scott Morrison knows that. He knows how passionate uh, we are about delivering on the expanded workforce
1: in South Australia. Not that politics comes into this at all, but he's more likely to stick by a good SA Liberal Premier than do a massive favour for a WA Labor Premier, you reckon? Look, I'll just say this. Scott
2: Morrison is
1: a Prime Minister who will
2: make decisions in the best interests of Australia. That's my assessment of Scott Morrison. Uh, He's not an overtly political person. He's there for Australia, and he knows the capability that we have here in South Australia. It is really world-class. And what we're building down there at, at Osborne You've got to come down and take a look at it. You should do an outside broadcast. Wait till it gets a bit warmer. But you should definitely (laughs) go down and have a look. It is extraordinary. The new frigates shed is going up at the moment. The building alone is more than half a billion dollars, just for the frigates. And then we've got the subs. Half a billion dollars. It's a bigger construction for the frigates yard than the Adelaide Oval. And I went up to... Um, to Scotland, to the Govan shipyards where they're building the Type 26 for the Royal Navy. They're building eight frigates. We're building nine. don't want to be competitive, but we're building more than the Royal Navy. Um, They're building in a Victorian shipyard where the forward deck is actually sticking out into the snow while they're constructing it. This will be the most advanced shipyard in the world. We are the natural home, the natural home of shipbuilding and submarine building and submarine maintenance. So when do we find out? Well, the my understanding is that a decision will be made in
0: the last quarter of this year. Okay. Last time you were in the studio with us, we were talking about land tax and you scoffed at suggestions from the property council that there'd been no consultation because you said this whole period is twelve months worth of consultation. Have you heard any argument so compelling that you would change any element of the policy at this point?
2: Well the treasurer is extraordinarily busy as Am I and other members of the team listening to what people have got to say? And there are lots of useful suggestions coming in. We hope to be back to the people of South Australia by the end of the month. And then there's another month of consultation before we hope to introduce legislation into the Parliament. We want to get this into the Parliament because on the 1st of July next year, we want to bring land tax in South Australia down. That's our ambition, to bring land tax down to take that handbrake off the South Australian economy, to grow it so that we can grow jobs. We're moving in the right direction in South Australia and lower taxes is a big part of it. So it will it look substantially
0: different to the to the, the announcement of the budget?
2: Well, I don't want to preempt that because I think, you know, to be respectful to everybody, let's wait to see, uh, you know, everything comes in. And the as I said, the Treasurer is working very hard at
1: the moment. And uh, we'll have something very soon. (laughs) How much heat are you copping from traditional cashed-up Liberal Party backers? This would be the number one dinner party discussion in the leafier parts of town at the moment.
2: Sure. I mean, all reform is extraordinarily difficult. Let's be clear. All reform is difficult. But I make this point that our modelling, with the increase in the threshold, the reduction in the top uh, rate... Uh, and the aggregation issue all coming together is a net reduction in our take $9.7 million in the first year and it increases every year after that. So this is a reform. Reforms are always difficult, but I'm sure we're heading in the right direction.
0: Are the FFA bluffing about the, the Women's World
2: Cup? I don't know that they're bluffing. I mean, they're the ones that picked up the phone and called us after we put it, our submission in. They They had a date. We didn't have our infrastructure review uh, done by then. We made it very uh, clear that it was extraordinarily difficult for us to do anything at Adelaide Oval. You just can't take Adelaide Oval offline for six weeks. The offer that the FFA put was not that compelling in terms of the type of matches, the level of matches that we were going to uh, get. We had a deadline we had to put in our submission. Now they've come back to us and said, well, wait on, let's, let's have a further discussion. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I want... I would love the World Cup uh, to be uh, some of the matches to be played here in South Australia. That would be a dream come true. But we've got to act in the best interests of the overall state. And if that means holding out for a better deal, well, that's exactly what, what I'll do. Premier Stephen Marshall, thanks very much for joining us in the studio this morning. Thanks, guys.